You're about to listen to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, please take a second to leave us a rating, and a review, on whichever platform you're listening on. Hit that subscribe button to get a new episode each and every Saturday. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Drive hundreds of miles after you've listened to it while you're still contagious, and spread the word as far and wide as you can. Enjoy the show. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Boris Johnson attempts to draw a line under the Dominic Cummings scandal, but is let down by Michael Gove, who promptly uses a rolled-up fiver to snort it up. In Minneapolis, protests against a deadly disease that disproportionately targets black people, making it impossible for them to breathe and killing a large number of them continue. Sorry, not deadly disease, police force. I meant police force. President Trump threatens to take legal action against social media for flagging his posts as misleading, making him the first creature to shit on the White House doorstep since Barack Obama's dog. And finally, Chancellor Rishi Sunak announces that from July, businesses will need to practice flexible furloughing, presumably so they can build up the range of motion needed to be ready to go and fuck themselves come October. Hello and welcome. You're listening to IC News, and this week it is our absolute pleasure to announce that we are once more open for business and back to our full capacity. No longer will we be confined to the dreary trappings of news here on Earth Prime. With lockdown restrictions continuing to ease, the Dimensional Gate is back open for business. Having consulted the guidelines and conveniently chosen to reinterpret them in a way that best suits us, we've now decided that we are once more allowed to travel across the multiverse. All we need to do is pretend we're following our fatherly instincts, which is why, from now on, each of our reporters will be sent into the field with an impossibly full tank of petrol and a loved one who's symptomatic. It's really the only way to stay alert and control the virus. It's unfortunate, then, that we must begin this broadcast not with the news, but with a distracting display of fake contrition here on Earth Prime. Unfortunately this week, the network has been embroiled in a scandal manufactured by our competitors in the mainstream media. You may have read in certain tabloids, broadsheets and across social media over the last few days that our resident conspiracy theorist Danny Sutcliffe flouted the coronavirus lockdown while ill with COVID-19 in order to make several journeys around the country with his family. As the anchor of this podcast, I spent several hours today talking to Danny, during which he gave me a full and frank account of his movements and his motivations. I am satisfied that at all times he acted morally, with integrity and within the law, and this was made particularly clear when he reminded me that I would have to do some actual work if I fired him. However, given the tremendous sacrifices that our listeners have made throughout this lockdown, we feel that it would be best if Danny told his story directly to our audience, which is why we open tonight's broadcast with a live press conference. We now go to Tom King, who will be needlessly filling time before Danny speaks by repeating information everybody already knows. Thanks, Sam. It's an extraordinary and unprecedented situation, and not one that Mr Sutcliffe will be particularly comfortable with. As the network's undercover reporter, he's much more used to working quietly and behind the scenes, which is a line we'll keep repeating despite the fact that this press conference itself is basically a towering monument to his own ego. 
that he's a quiet, intelligent man is another talking point we'll parrot incessantly, despite it being common knowledge that he's an arrogant prick prone to erupting into furious rages when he doesn't get his own way. Mr Sutcliffe is often described as the mastermind of the network strategy, which isn't at all concerning given that this scandal is all the result of a string of catastrophically stupid decisions for which he has nobody to blame but himself. Thanks for that, Tom. Uh, We're just being told that the conference is due to start in a couple of minutes, although we were told the same thing five minutes ago as well. Uh, If you could catch us up with the allegations and also um and er a bit, because you weren't expecting to speak for this long, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, Of course, I'd be happy to. Uh, It's been a week or so now since the story first broke and it emerged in the press that Mr Sutcliffe had driven with his family over 200 miles to self-isolate in a property owned by his parents. Um, There have also been allegations that he was also seen at a beauty spot 60 miles away from this second residence um, with his wife and... Uh, and child, wife and child. Although for some reason, we won't be mentioning that this sighting also took place on his wife's birthday. Uh, Today, Mr Sutcliffe is hoping to defuse some of the public anger that's been mounting about these accusations. Uh, He insists that some of the stories circulating have been um, palpably false, and this is his opportunity to... uh, to set the record late. Sorry, uh, straight. Um... Are we, uh, are we ready yet? Sorry, Tom, no, we're being told it'll be just another five minutes. If you could speculate wildly about what he might say, that'd be genuinely helpful. And in the meantime, the producers will see if they can pull a couple of talking heads from differing ends of the political spectrum to cut to out of their arse. Uh, maybe you could open by talking about the setup of this press conference, as if the people at home are complete morons who've never watched one before. Fair enough. Uh, Well, first of all, we're expecting Mr Sutcliffe to read a statement which we're expecting to be a full and frank account of exactly where he went during lockdown, what he did, and his reasons for doing it. We expect it to be a personal story about Mr Sutcliffe himself featuring his wife and child, which we expect he will find somewhat difficult because obviously it's not as if he himself dragged them into this story by acting the way he did. We then expect he'll be taking questions from the press, which we expect will take the form of questions spoken by humans who are journalists, followed by answers from Mr Sutcliffe himself. We expect those answers to be responses to the questions asked, and we expect, oh, I don't know, maybe some contrition? Or an apology of some sort? Maybe? Well, who fucking knows at this point? Thanks, Tom. We'll return to you shortly, but for now we're being told the press conference will be taking place in a few minutes more, so we're going to take a moment to hear from a couple of commentators. I'm joined now by Alison June-Smith from some blog about knitting or feminism or something, who I should point out as a left-wing human woman, and Tom Harwood from Guido Fawkes, who is none of those things. Alison, we'll start with you, so the right-wing figure is always given the final word in the name of balance. Is there anything Mr Sutcliffe could say today that would satisfy the hateful and irrational menstrual fury of the left? Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. I think the issue here is no longer just about Mr Sutcliffe himself. The issue is that he is part of your network, a network that for weeks now has been saying that people should be staying home and saving lives. 
that he himself completely ignored the very message he helped to put out, regardless of the story he presents today, is a slap in the face for thousands of families across the country who have made enormous sacrifices during the lockdown. The extraordinary lengths the network have gone to in order to protect Mr. Sutcliffe contradict themselves on a very basic level. Either Mr. Sutcliffe broke the rules of the lockdown, or thousands of people have been misinterpreting them and suffering unnecessarily through impossible hardships as a result. The two positions are fundamentally and mutually exclusive. By not firing him, it makes the network look weak, and it makes you look like a floundering bitch boy dickhead with no authority who can't cope at all without his daddy to prop him up. All right, let's, uh, let's not get personal. Tom Harwood from Guido Fawkes, do you have any response to that? Well, I don't think we can deny how central Dominic Cummings... Oh, sorry, Tom, I'm actually going to have to stop you there. I've just had word from my producer that we can't actually cut to you. Turns out that even satire podcasts that are clearly taking the piss have better standards of credibility to maintain than the BBC. And as a result, we're not willing to give airtime to a hypocritical proto-fascist teenager who would still be aggressively harassing blonde women at the Henley Regatta if he hadn't been inexplicably amplified by the cancerous scourge of social media. Instead, we're going to cut back to Tom King at the press conference. Any sign of any activity there yet? Uh, nope. Nothing. Uh, it's almost like this is a deliberate ploy to engineer yet more controversy and distract from the wider issue of the government's handling of this pandemic. All right, settle down there, Tom. Somebody's been watching too many Adam Curtis documentaries. Uh, we're now being told that the press conference is just another two minutes away. Uh, but before we get into the meaty process of brushing this non-scandal under a carpet, let's focus on some literal parallels. Lockdown violations by public figures have been causing rumbles of discontent through the crust of the multiverse for months now. We sent Rob Mulholland through the dimensional gate to find out what the public and press reactions have been like on a world where the political shoe is on the other foot. Thanks, Sam. I'm Rob14, and as you can hear behind me, on this Earth, the reaction to the Durham lockdown scandal has been just as muted in the press as it has on Earth Prime. The initial anger seems to be dying down, and having heard the explanation, the press are backing off and the public outrage now seems to be dissipating. Just kidding, obviously. This whole world's turned into one big fucking purge night. This is Earth Alpha Echo Train Mojito 17. In this reality, the coronavirus pandemic played out pretty much identically to the way it has on our own Earth, except here, Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party won an 80-seat majority in the last election. When John McDonnell announced the exact same furlough programme that Rishi Sunak has been so roundly praised for back home, Every single member of the editorial team at the Daily Telegraph in this universe dropped dead of a spontaneous aneurysm. Labour have been brutalised in the press for months here as they struggle to get a grip on the pandemic. The papers have been particularly savage about the blatant massaging of PPE figures and the government's complete failure to get a grip on its testing strategy. On Earth Prime, we've been raising eyebrows at Matt Hancock. Here, Jonathan Ashworth was crucified on live television, and that's not a metaphor, Sam. Laura Koonsberg held him down while Toby Young literally nailed him to a cross on the roof of Broadcasting House. Kill them all! You know, before the left have a chance to turn violent, like they always do. 
Then, last week, the story broke that Corbyn's chief advisor, Seamus Milne, had not only returned to Downing Street after rushing home to his ill wife, but had then driven his symptomatic family over 200 miles to a second home in Durham. He was then late to a press conference where he refused to apologise. He then insisted that he'd only driven 60 miles to Barnham Castle on his wife's birthday in order to test his eyesight. Nobody believed a fucking word of it, obviously, but Corbyn refused to sack him, despite 40 of his MPs rebelling against him for the 12th time in three weeks. Then Diane Abbott went on LBC and laughed in Nick Ferrari's face as she lied through her teeth about Mr Milne's story being perfectly understandable. On Earth Prime, Nick Ferrari laughed alongside Michael Gove. Here, he exploded. And I mean, he physically exploded. He became so angry so quickly that the sudden change in pressure burst him like a fucking balloon, and he showered the entire studio in blood and lumps of gammon. The press were quick to jump on this apparent act of left-wing violence and call Ms Abbott a murderer. Protests against the government soon erupted into nationwide rioting. Fires have been raging in residential areas as a result of nervous conservative voters mumbling about Venezuela and stockpiling toilet roll. Their stashes have gone up like fucking kindling, and now anyone who isn't actively murdering hippies and vegans in the street is being labelled as Trotskyist scum by the printed press. I, th I think this whole place is coming down. Uh, Sam, I expect I'm about to die, so before I go, I think it's probably worth pointing out one thing. All of this unrest has been caused by one number and one number only, and that's the overall coronavirus death toll. Having locked down sooner and successfully protected care homes from the worst of the outbreak, it's around 15,000 here, and that's apparently enough for the national press under a Labour government to start calling for a violent revolution. I'm Rob14, about to be crushed to death by the weight of a massive double standard reporting for IC News. Fuck! Oh, here it comes! My only regret is that I never got to see Barnard Castle! Rob14 there. Sadly, yet another victim of the authoritarian left. Uh, we are now being told that, yep, apparently the press conference with Danny Sutcliffe is about to start, so we're going to throw straight to that now. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm not sorry for being late. I couldn't give a fuck. First of all, I'd like to thank you all for joining me here in the Blue Peter Garden. As you can see, the flowers are lovely at this time of year and it's all thanks to the decomposing corpses of Border Collies you watched on TV as a child. I'm going to start by reading a prepared statement and then I shall be taking questions from my colleagues in the press. Earlier today, I spent several hours talking to Sam at IC News, who is my bitch, sorry, boss at the network. I gave him a full and honest account of my movements during the lockdown period. He asked me to pretend I knew how to apologise so I wouldn't make this whole situation worse and make him look like a bad melt. I said I wanted to personally laugh in the face of every cretin who didn't read the lockdown guidance properly. We compromised and in the end we agreed that I would hold my own press conference during which I would tell an obvious pack of lies that would dominate the news cycle for weeks. What is that fucking noise? Around midnight on Thursday the 26th of March, I suddenly got a call from my wife who was at home looking after our four-year-old child. She told me she suddenly felt badly ill. 
She'd shit herself and felt like she might pass out and there'd be nobody to look after our child. None of our usual childcare options were available and they were alone in the house. What the disgusting mainstream media does not know and will never have reported is that when my wife shits herself, it's an absolute disaster. It's like someone's filled a pressure washer with bovril and fired it through a colander. I was trying to coordinate the network's response to this terrible pandemic, despite the fact that I knew I'd be going home to a living room that looked like the fucking Somme. I immediately left the building, ran to a car and drove home. This was reported by the media at the time. After we'd finished jet washing the house, my wife and I discussed it and we decided that even though she was clearly ill and lots of people around us had been very ill and the guidelines clearly suggest that erring on the side of caution and self-isolating when a member of your household is sick is the most sensible course of action, I returned to work. Seriously, this noise is doing my fucking head in. Will someone quietly find that bastard and knock his lights out, please? I'm trying to lie convincingly to the press here. After an afternoon at work spent touching as many door handles as possible, I returned home. I was worried that I too would become as sick as my wife. We discussed it and decided the best course of action in order to protect our child was to stick him in a sealed car with a symptomatic patient and force him to hold in a piss for five hours as we drove to Durham. We did this because we did not feel safe in our home and there had been protests outside it, despite people being banned from the streets at the time and there being no record of any complaints with the police. I did not tell anyone about our journey, which, in hindsight, was definitely not because I knew full well I shouldn't have done it. As predicted, I too then became very ill at my dad's spare house, which I must point out is an absolute shithole. The Argus tiny and the swimming pool wasn't even heated. My family and I self-isolated at this property and anyone who says they saw us in the woods is a trespassing little bastard who shouldn't have been there in the first place. At all times, I behaved legally, morally and handsomely. I followed the guidelines to the letter. If you count all the letters, I quietly added to them in my head. Anyone who claims they saw me looking at bluebells is a lying nonce. I hate bluebells. They make me fucking sick. After my wife and I were well enough to return to work, but were still partially blind and feeling sick enough to pull the car over, I wanted to drive back to London so that I could continue single-handedly saving the world. My wife said this might not be safe and we should test my ability to protect my family. I agreed and we tied my son to the roof rack of my 4x4 and drove for an hour to Barnard Castle. My son needed a wee and I got out of the car for five minutes to sit by a river. It is not my fault, nor my responsibility, that a passing owl then dropped a picnic basket and a birthday cake with my wife's name on it into my lap. I only sang happy birthday to her because I was washing my hands. I understand that reasonable members of the public may have interpreted the rules differently to me. I accept that, but it is important to point out that they are all wrong and I am right. I will now take questions from the press. First of all, Laura Coonsberg from the BBC. Mr Sutcliffe, lots of people are very angry and a great deal of them are calling for your resignation. With that in mind, I have to ask, what's your favourite colour? 
Thank you, Laura, for that very important question. It's blue. Shit, no, wait, it isn't. I ate bluebells. It's red. It's red. Next, it's Robert Peston from ITV. Thank you, Mr Sutton. Three parts to my question. Uh, did you have any contact with GlaxoSmithKline in Barnard Castle? Do you feel like your actions are going to undermine trust in the government's public health message? And what's your favourite food? Thank you, Robert. It's an excellent question, and I will definitely answer it completely. It's fish and chips. Next up, I believe it's Tim King from IC News. Sorry, Tom King. Sorry, 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 sorry. Terribly sorry about that. Go ahead, Tom. Mr Sutcliffe, will you apologise for your actions? No. Have you offered to resign? Did you consider it at any point? Fuck no. Do you think the network may review your position if this scandal continues to rumble on? I very much doubt it. Not when I've got pictures of the boss and Jeremy Paxman double-teaming a Vietnamese pool boy when off the tits on Ketter. And we're going to cut away there. I can't really see him saying anything else of interest. It's time now to draw a line under the whole thing and move on. Get the fucking music playing, will you? It's time now for the stories you may have missed. I'm sorry, what? We committed every researcher and journalist we had to this story and now we've got nothing left. Nothing at all. Nothing on care homes, or PPE shortages, or the concerns of teaching unions. We've got nothing about how the hospitality and entertainment sectors are going to survive the economic hit of social distancing when the financial support ends. We've got nothing about the fact the R rate continues to hover around 1 and may actually be creeping higher in areas like Brighton that are seeing large numbers of people flock to the fucking beaches. The whole show. This whole show, the whole bloody thing, an entire week's news cycle, committed to the actions of one arrogant prick when the government are still failing completely on testing and tracing. Is that honestly the best we can do? Fucking hell. Maybe Adam Curtis was right. Uh, You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share the link around and tell all your friends, and leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. All of that helps us to grow and reach a wider audience, and as always, we're enormously grateful for your support. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. In this episode you heard his voice, as well as the voices of Allison June Smith, Tom King, Rob Mulholland, and Danny Sutcliffe. The main IC News theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design is by Chumchi.com. We'll see you next Saturday at 8am. In the meantime, why not go for a lovely drive to test your eyesight?